Good morning and welcome to our morning service. I hope you can hear me okay. It's really good to be able to be back together in this Easter season on this third Sunday of Easter and um, it's great that you can join us for our communion service this morning. I'm going to be leading through the service and uh, later on we're going to have some readings, Easter, continue our Easter readings and we'll um, have some prayers that I'm going to be leading. I'm sure many of you yesterday watched a very moving um, funeral service for um, Prince Philip, Duke of Edinburgh. It was a, a beautiful service with some beautiful, beautiful music. And hopefully um, it was a time just to reflect and to think of the royal family. And later on during the intercessions, I'm going to be praying, of course, continuing as we have been to pray for the Queen and for the royal family. So um, hopefully you'll be able to join me in those intercessions as I pray for us later on. Just to say uh, some brief notices, our community is trying to begin to build again together uh, as we prepare um, in May to move back into some live services. Um, I myself am looking forward to um, hopefully having um, my uh, vaccination in not too long now, got it booked in, which will make things a little bit less complicated with me also having had the vaccine. Um, and as we begin to think about unlocking and preparing for that, we're going to transition to that through May. Um, sadly, unfortunately, we're not going to be able to still sing yet. I'm going to have to wear masks and, and do all of that. But we're beginning to look towards a full unlock. And it's great in the wonderful weather to be able to anticipate gathering back together in our buildings. So we'll be posting all the information on that online and also through our weekly email, which would encourage you to be connected to if you're not already. Our community is also still connected, even though we're not physically together often in the buildings. Uh, we have our coffee morning that meets uh, weekly. All the information for that is sent out in our weekly email, and that's just a great way of staying connected. We have also we weekly soul groups that are connecting across the city in many different areas, small groups that are meeting online, and some of the smaller ones are now able to meet in gardens outside. If you'd like some information on that, it's open right across the parish there are people from St. Matthew's and also St. Tom, St. Beckett, part of those soul groups, then we'd love you to feel connected to us. We continue in this Easter season to celebrate our resurrected Lord. And today we're going to be reflecting on his arrival amidst the disciples in their anxiety, their fear, their confusion. And I want to pray for us in these continually complicated days for Jesus to be at the centre of all our thoughts his living presence with us. So I'm just going to just pray as we begin. Let's take a moment to pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness and your presence amongst us. And in this Easter season, a season of new life, as we see buds beginning to flourish and plants grow, as we welcome the warmth of the sunshine on our faces, we pray for your living presence the light of your glory, our risen Lord, to shine upon us. Lord, we look to you. We need you. Our God of comfort, encouragement, of grace, of love and power. Be amongst us in our homes, wherever we find ourselves this morning and every day. Emmanuel, God with us, we welcome you. We worship you. We bless you, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. We're going to begin with our opening hymn uh, and then we're going to begin our morning liturgy together. Let's enjoy this uh, opening hymn. <laughs> 
Bold I approach the eternal throne. The Lord be with you. We're going to come to a time where we're just going to prepare our hearts in worship, and it's good, not just in this season, but in every season, to recognise our own frailty, to recognise our own capacity to turn away from good and to, to turn towards things that are harmful to us, things that damage our relationship with others and with our maker. And so to spend time as we worship in prayer, in reflection, in meditation, and yielding our hearts to God, to his mercy, to his transformation, and to his forgiveness is a really, really important thing to do for us to do. And we're going to do that in this moment. Our Lord Jesus Christ said, the first commandment is this, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is the only Lord. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There's no other commandments greater than these. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Amen. Lord, have mercy. God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Let us then show our love for him by confessing our sins in penitence and faith. We say together, Lord God, we have sinned against you. We've done evil in your sight. We are sorry and repent. Have mercy on us according to your love. Wash away our wrongdoings and cleanse us from our sin. Renew a right spirit within us and restore to us the joy of your salvation through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. So may the God of love and power forgive you and free you from your sins, heal and strengthen you by his spirit and raise you to new life in Christ, our Lord. Amen. The collects for today, this the third Sunday of Easter. Let's just take a moment and pray. Almighty Father, who in your great mercy gladdened the disciples with the sight of the risen Lord, give us such knowledge of his presence with us that we may be strengthened and sustained by his risen life and serve you continually in righteousness and truth. Risen Christ, you filled your disciples with boldness and fresh hope. Strengthen us to proclaim your risen life and fill us with your peace to the glory of God the Father. Amen. We're going to hear our readings uh, this morning from Zephaniah and from Luke's Gospel. And then I'm just going to share some reflections, particularly on this New Testament passage. Let's enjoy our readings together. Zephaniah chapter 3 Sing, daughter Zion, shout aloud, Israel. Be glad and rejoice with all your heart, daughter Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away your punishment. He has turned back your enemy. The Lord, the King of Israel, is with you. Never again will you fear any harm. On that day they will say to Jerusalem, Do not fear, Zion. Do not let your hands hang limp. The Lord your God is with you. 
the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. I will remove from you all who mourn over the loss of your appointed festivals, which is a burden and reproach for you. At that time I will deal with all who oppressed you. I will rescue the lame. I will gather the exiles. I will give them praise and honor in every land where they have suffered shame. At that time I will gather you. At that time I will bring you home. I will give you honor and praise among all the peoples of the earth when I restore your fortunes before your very eyes, says the Lord. Luke chapter 24 Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, Why are you troubled, and why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And while they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement, he asked them, Do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. He said to them, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, This is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. When he had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Then they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and they stayed continually at the temple, praising God. Heavenly Father, as I share from your word this morning, may you speak to our hearts to bring transformation and encouragement, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm sure we all remember Victor Meldrew from the 1990s kind of sitcom, One Foot in the Grave. Remember the chap? And as I read our gospel reading um, and I heard it and I thought about it this morning, I hear Victor's grumpy, pained voice. I don't believe it. Remember that? 
It's a phrase I think we can almost hear echoing around the minds of the disciples as they're gathered here together. They're scared. They're incredulous. Which, to be fair, are normal reactions when the boundaries of our world and knowledge knowledge are challenged in the way it was for them. I mean, there are some who still think that the moon landing back in 1969 was a hoax. So today we may have moved into the third week of our Easter celebrations, but in the gospel, we're still here on Resurrection Day with our readings following on from the Emmaus Road encounter with the risen Jesus. It's actually the third of four appearances of Jesus found within chapter 24 of Luke's gospel. A gospel which tells us more about the risen Jesus than either of the other two synoptics, Matthew and Mark. So here he is, suddenly, Jesus standing amongst his closest friends. And with evident shock and terror on their faces, he urges them, peace be with you. Perhaps not surprisingly, we're told that these seemingly unbelieving disciples think that they're seeing a ghost. They're scared half to death, that's evident. But Jesus reassures them, don't be upset. Don't let these troubling questions plague your mind and take over. Look, my hands, my feet, it really is me. Touch me, take my hands, look at me. Ghosts don't have muscle and bone like I do. And then he asks them this question. Why are you troubled? And why do doubts rise in your minds? Well, that's quite a question, I would suggest. But perhaps more worryingly, it's a question that, if I'm honest, God has posed to me on one or two occasions. Tim, why are you troubled? Why do doubts rise in your mind? It's a bit disconcerting, I think, a question like that. And if I'm honest, it can make me feel a bit like a schoolchild whose slightly disappointed, frustrated teacher is saying whilst looking over the top of their glasses at me, what is it you don't understand and why are you finding this so difficult? But despite my obvious childhood insecurities, I really think that that is not how or why Jesus asks this question. And just maybe it's a question that he's had the occasion to ask of you too. Why are you troubled? Why are you struggling with doubts swirling in your mind? And maybe those are very relevant questions for the days we live in. For many are troubled with plaguing doubts and minds full of uncertainties at the moment. And being people of faith doesn't mean that we're exempt from that. I mean, these disciples certainly had lots of troubles. Fear of the authorities, the religious leaders, betrayal of so-called trusted friends. Remember the clamoring crowd who only days before had sought the lynching and assassination of their leader? Mind full of doubts and anxieties about what tomorrow would bring, where to turn, where to go, who to trust. And then here, suddenly, Slap bang in the midst of their grief, pain, fear and confusion, Jesus appears, literally appears. So perhaps instead of telling a telling off with a disappointed shaking of the head, Jesus is doing something else. Jesus is really trying to get to the heart of his friend's struggles, not to rebuke them, but to transform them, to get to the heart of their troubles the troubles of their hearts.
Because what does he say? Hey guys, hi, peace be with you. No, wait, what he actually says is so much more. So much more than, hi, all chill out, everything's going to be fine. What he actually says is shalom, which means so much more. Shalom, loosely translated for us as peace be with you, is really, and unfortunately, an inadequate attempt to put shalom into English. Shalom means so much more than peace. Or to be fair, perhaps peace means so much more than what we think it means or what it's come to signify for us all. Because shalom means to convey that all is well with the world. All is just. All is fair. All is the way God meant it to be. It means more than your current circumstances or feelings. It's more than an absence of noise or busyness. An American rabbi, Robert Kahn, speaking of the distinctives of Roman peace and Hebrew shalom, wrote this. I found it quite helpful. One can dictate a peace. Shalom is a mutual agreement. Peace is a temporary pact. Shalom is a permanent agreement. One can make a peace treaty. Shalom is the condition of peace. Peace can be negative, the absence of commotion. Shalom is positive, the presence of serenity. Peace can be partial. Shalom is whole. Peace can be piecemeal. Shalom is complete. And the criteria for shalom, true peace then, rests, rests I would suggest, with the creator, God. Because Adam and Eve were at peace with God and all he created in Eden. Their needs were supplied. They didn't suffer hunger, disease or pain of any kind. Beauty surrounded them so that they could experience and enjoy it fully. They weren't lonely. They had each other. And more importantly, they had an intimate relationship with their creator. If any people ever experienced the fullness of peace, it was Adam and Eve. But the condition of peace existed in the garden only as long as they were obedient to God's will. Unfortunately, we know history, don't we? They disobeyed and the shalom of God was lost for them. Peace then, lasting peace, transcends the situation and flaws of our own personal lives because it doesn't come from us. It comes from God. We're not in a position to attain peace ourselves. Yet God promises all the qualities of shalom, wholeness, completeness, soundness, health, safety to all those who look to him. And that is the miracle and wonder of the Easter story. And so here he is with the shalom of God at the center of all his thinking. Always has, always will, always does. Shalom. That's what Jesus is reassuring his friends about. My friends, he's saying, I've got great news. The shalom of God is now fully available for you and for all who look to me and receive me. The resurrected lamb of God. Just like in the garden, Eden restored. And it shouldn't have come as a surprise to them. And yet, of course, it did. Because Israel had explained it to them many centuries before in the 53rd chapter. Listen to this, verses 4 to 5. Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows. Yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him and afflicted. 
but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we're healed. And having received his shalom peace, Jesus opens their minds to more fully understand the truth and power of his living word. Scriptures just like the one that I've read to you that reveals the plan of God to save the world. We need that, don't we? God's spirit to help us so that this, his word, isn't just words in a book, but it's his living word that brings transformation to our minds and hearts. God can do that. Ask him. He wants to open your minds to fully understand the scriptures in a way that you never have before so that you understand it as God's love letter from his heart to your heart. Then he tells them and us that we're his witnesses, called to attest to this great news, this great Easter resurrection story, to share our hearts, hearts transformed from fear to faith, by the loving Father, who as Zephaniah reassures us in one of my favourite verses, reassures us that God is like a loving parent, a mother, a father, who gently sings lullabies of peace and love over their beloved child. What an incredible image of God given to us by him to reassure us this is the nature and character of God. Listen to his words to you. He takes great delight in you. In his love, he'll no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. A song of shalom. We all so greatly need peace. Well, the real condition of receiving that peace is to accept the one who paid the price for us. Jesus, our Prince of Peace. Amen. Let's take a moment and pray. Lord Jesus, you suffered and endured the ignominy and pain of death on a cross so that we who were captives could be made free. We who suffered under the bondage of sin and brokenness could know your love and resurrection power transforming our hearts and drawing us into deep relationship with the creator of all things, the one who longs to walk with us in the garden of his love. So we yield ourselves to you, and in the clamour and noise and anxiety of these days, would you come amongst us, would you breathe on us, and would you help us to truly understand and experience your shalom peace in every area of our hearts and circumstances, in our minds, in our bodies, in our souls. You are good and your love endures forever. Open our hearts, minds and ears to hear your songs of love, your words of grace and the beckoning of the Father into intimacy with you, we pray. Not because anything that we've done, but because of the great sacrifice of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. We're going to say together the Apostles' Creed as a declaration of our faith. Let's join in these words together. I believe in God, 
the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again, he ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We're just going to take some time just to have a moment of prayer and intercession, which I'm going to lead. So let's take a moment to prepare our hearts and let's pray together. Throughout the church, across the world, may the joyful message of resurrection break through barriers of complacency, that human spirits may be enriched and strengthened. Risen Lord, come make all things new. So we pray for leaders and thinkers of nations, governments, institutions and businesses in our city, in our nation, and in the nations of the world, that they may focus on the greatest good for those for whom they carry responsibility. Risen Lord, come make all things new. Father, we pray for those broken in mind or body, for victims of war and attrition, for refugees, for grieving families and communities displaced, for those without the essentials of life, where there's no hope and daily struggles bring despair. God of mercy, we place them in your hands, knowing that you see them and hear their cries. Risen Lord, come make all things new. We pray for the, for the people closest to us, for those, our church family, who are unwell, in hospital, at home, lonely, isolated or vulnerable, and for those in our wider community, for those we have promised to pray for. Lord, come amongst us, be with us, be with them, with your grace and power, your words of life and shalom peace. Risen Lord, come make all things new. Risen Christ, your living presence is celebrated at city gates and market squares by those in need of healing and those who are amazed in hearts and minds. In moments of wonder and challenges, may you open our hearts so that suddenly we see you standing in our midst, speaking words of peace and inspiring us to welcome the kingdom of heaven into the ordinary world around us. Risen Lord, come make all things new. <clears throat> Help us to enjoy our moments of wonder in a world where explanation and logic can chip away at faith. Lord, may we marvel at the growing knowledge of science and wonder it creates, from starlit skies to molecules and atoms, pointing to a creator that cries and to, to a creation that cries out in worship to its sovereign creator. Risen Lord, come make all things new. 
Father, in this journey through a pandemic, we give thanks for all those who have offered love and service with signs of resurrection in their work and commitments. So we pray for doctors, nurses and support staff who tirelessly care for those in great need at times with potential harm and cost to themselves. And we pray for the scientific and educational community as it continues research and development in care and prevention. We pray for those who are the recipients of care and remember the wide range of people whose physical and mental health has been so deeply affected. Lord, help us to remember that while the virus has worldwide impact, many nations and communities are struggling to receive the support they need. Lord, you are God of the nations. This is your world. Help us to work towards the fairer share of wealth and resource so that your risen presence may reveal the kingdom in every land. Risen Lord, come make all things new. Christ of life and death and resurrection, we celebrate those who have shared this life with us, allowing us to meet you in simple words and actions. We grieve with those who mourn the death of loved ones. May we be those who share the memories and love that allows a hope to rise from loss. And so God of our lives, we especially today, give thanks for the life of Prince Philip, for his faith, for his love of our country, for his devotion to duty to his wife, the Queen. We entrust him to your love and mercy through our Redeemer, Jesus Christ. And merciful God, be close to all who mourn, especially this day our Queen and all members of the royal family, Surround them with your love, that they may not be overwhelmed by their loss, but continue to have confidence in your goodness and strength to meet the days to come. May they know the hope of your promises, the comfort of your love, and your deepest shalom peace. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, we pray. Stepping into the turmoil of life, Lord, you bring peace risen presence. Your calm voice chases away the darkness and distress of doubt and fear, bringing new light and insight to life and death. In that upper room, your words of peace still our hurry, your love healing the division and disharmony. With your woundedness, we are made whole, prepared and willing now to be witnesses of Christ's continuing purpose in our time. Risen Lord, come make all things new. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. We're going to share now in uh, time as we prepare for communion. And appropriately, let's begin with that peace, not an absence of noise, but the deep, deep shalom peace of God. Once we were far off, but now in union with Christ Jesus, we've been brought near through the shedding of Christ's blood, for he is our peace. And so the peace of the Lord be always with you. Amen.
if you join with me in the words in yellow. The Lord is here. His spirit is with us. Lift up out your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give thanks and praise. It is right to praise you, Father, Lord of all creation. In your love, you made us for yourself. When we turned away, you did not reject us, but came to meet us in your Son. You embraced us as your children and welcomed us to sit and eat with you. In Christ, you shared our life, that we might live in him and he in us. He opened his arms of love upon the cross and made for all the perfect sacrifice of sin. On the night he was betrayed at supper with his friends, he took bread and gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to them, saying, take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Father, we do this in remembrance of him. His body is the bread of life. At the end of supper, taking the cup of wine, he gave you thanks and said, drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. Father, we do this in remembrance of him. His blood is shed for all. So as we proclaim his death and celebrate his rising in glory, send, Lord, your Holy Spirit, that this bread and this wine may be to us the body and blood of your dear Son. As we eat and drink these holy gifts, make us one in Christ, our risen Lord. So with your whole church, throughout this city, this nation and the world, we offer you this sacrifice of praise and lift our voice to join the eternal song of heaven saying, Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Let's join together as we say the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body because we all share in one bread. Let's take a moment in your homes where you are to pray this prayer together as we do that. Thanks be to you, Lord Jesus Christ, for all the benefits you've given me, for all the pains and insults you have borne for me. Since I cannot now receive you sacramentally, I ask you to come spiritually into my heart. O merciful Redeemer, friend and brother, may I know you more clearly, love you more dearly, and follow you more nearly, day by day. Amen.
Living God, your son made himself known to his disciples in the breaking of bread. Open the eyes of faith, of our faith, so that we may see him in all his redeeming work, who is alive and reigns now and forever. Amen. Let's say together. Lord, in these days of mercy, make us quiet and prayerful. In these days of challenge, make us stronger in you. In these days of emptiness, take possession of us. In these days of waiting, open our hearts to the mystery of your cross. Amen. In a moment, I'm going to say our final words of dismissal. Uh, and then we're going to finish with a wonderful hymn. A hymn that causes us to reflect and dwell on the great sacrifice made by Jesus upon the cross so that we who are bound could become free. It's been great to be with you this morning. Uh, all of our services, of course, are on YouTube, and if you've missed anything or you've missed some of today's service, you can go back and watch this shortly. I pray that you have a wonderful, peaceful, shalom-filled week, and look forward to seeing what God does amongst us over days and weeks to come. Bless you, this final prayer of dismissal. So may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit and the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son and Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord in the name of Christ. Amen. Amen.